Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Okay. Man, great to, great to be with everyone today. And um, I'm really, really excited about uh, what we're gonna share today. I tell you what, um, if you could, if you could just lean in for the next few moments, because what I'm going to talk about today, it's kind of the first of three parts. I'm going to say some things today that I'll need to qualify a little bit better uh, in the next two messages. But what I believe is, if you can see this, this is this is something that comes through revelation from the Word. And once you see it, you will see it everywhere. Let me, um, let me read 1 Corinthians here. These are my scripture, scripture readers up here. Y'all give them a hand, okay? So 1 Corinthians 2.10 through 12 says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also, look at this, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. This is so, so important when we're talking about the scriptures. We're talking about the word of God. That we understand that we can't learn this book like a history book, like a philosophy book. This isn't a book of life lessons. This, this is the word of God. And though we read it, we study it, we do everything we can to 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 really live off the word. You can't master the word. The word masters you. And when we're, we remember Jesus was the word that became flesh and the word of God, it's important to remember that it comes through revelation. You know, you can go all through Jesus' ministry. Why did he speak in parables? Why did, um, you know, when he, he asked questions, who do you say that I am? The word of God comes through revelation. That's what Paul's talking about here. But here's the great thing. The revelation's open to everyone. It's not a secret knowledge that only a few can access. It's open to everyone that the Bible says what? Has ears to hear and eyes to see. So that's my prayer today because I believe God is, going, is, is already unveiling things that are right in front of us in the word, but we just haven't seen them. And so today, I'm going to talk about, uh, I've entitled this message, The Origins of Hierarchy and the Age to Come, for a light little uh, message here. Come on, are you ready to lean in? All right. You got an extra hour of sleep? <laughs> yeah, we weren't, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Okay. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Lord, I pray for ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. Lord, that the Holy Spirit, Lord, 
would reveal your thoughts, would bring revelation to your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Revelation 1.8, here's our risen king. Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. So here we have our, our risen Savior. I always say this, so important to remember, Jesus' ministry didn't start in a manger. It started before Genesis 1.1. He has no beginning. He has no end. He's who was, all things created by him, through him, for him. He who was, he is. He is our risen Savior. And come on, he's coming again. He's returning. He who was, is, and is to come. And we look at, when we look at the whole story of King Jesus and the whole story of our family, it's very important for us to remember that we're dealing with this whole narrative here of what God created perfect and good and then sin entered chaos entered, and now we're partnering with God to restore order, to restore the shalom, and we'll finally see that in the age to come when the Lord comes, and of course, there's the new Jerusalem and the, the global Eden in the eternal future, okay? So Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Chris, why don't, uh, why don't you read this? Okay. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Does everybody see that? So what's... What's Paul talking about? Paul is patterning this truth that started in the original creation before sin and that we will see again in the age to come, okay? And that is this. In God's kingdom, there is true equality. True equality. There's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. That's what he's talking about here. Here's what Paul is doing. He's operating, watch, He's getting the church here in Galatians, he's, he's getting the church to pattern their lives on the age to come, not the present age. Okay, so in the kingdom, it works like this. We're all equals. This is what Jesus showed on the cross. He became poor for our sakes. At the cross, at the foot of the cross, there is no hierarchy. There is no one over the other. No man, listen, in, in, in the new, no man should ever rule another man. Watch. And what he's patterning here is the age, of come, age to come where when we relate to one another, if we're operating in love, the world will know you by your love for one another. We're operating on this. It doesn't matter if you're working minimum wage at a, at a restaurant or whatever you're doing, or you're a CEO worth billions of dollars, watch, everyone is equal. Every single person in God's eyes, so you see all these scriptures, you know, you know free and, and you know, all the great, all the, you know, he, he, everyone is equal in God's eyes and in the kingdom and relating to one another, we go from equality 
to distinction. What the world does is it starts with distinction and then it tries to find common ground moving towards some type of equality that never happens. And so in the kingdom, we go from equality and then distinction. Why? Because he says there's no male, female, but look around. There are male and female. Okay? He says there's no Jew or Gentile, Jew or Greek, but there are Jew and Greek. He says there's, uh, you know, no slave or free, but look around the world today. There are those in slavery, those in oppression, and there are those who are free. And so what he says is this, we start with equality and then we can know how to operate with the distinctions that we have to, that we are living in in this world. Because remember, even though we're not of this world, we're in this world, okay? So let's go back and look at Genesis, okay? We're gonna see God's original intent here, okay? So here's Adam and Eve in the garden. Here's Eden. They're co-equals. They're supposed to rule in the sense that they're stewarding God's rule. And then sin, uh, they, they sin. And now here comes the consequences of sin, okay? So they, they sin, you know, they blame each other. And then of course, you know, uh, the Nakash, the serpent, uh, Satan is obviously the instigator of all this. Now look at Genesis 3.14. It says, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because, look at this, because you have done this, look where he's placing most of the blame, so to speak. He's placing it on the devil. We need to remember that there's one race, the human race, and we have all been taken advantage of by the enemy, the enemy of our soul and by the fallen principalities and powers, Satan and the spiritual forces of wickedness. Look what God says. Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Now watch this. So he curses the serpent. And then in verse 15, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman. Now, many times we just go on, like we go into the next and between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Many times we skip over this part about the woman and we go straight into the seed because it connects to the people of God. And of course, eventually Jesus being the Messiah, the, the, the savior of the world. But I want you to put that up there one more time. God says, here's what's gonna happen. I will put enmity between you and what? The woman. So there's the woman, there's Satan, there's this enmity between them. Who Satan is gonna target? I'm gonna show you where hierarchy came in into the world. And then he says in her, you know, uh, between your offspring and her offspring, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now watch this. He doesn't curse the woman and he doesn't curse the man. He curses Satan and he curses the ground. And if, if I had more time to go into this, I would, 
there's a great document that we're gonna put on our website called The Origins of Hierarchy in Human Government, where you can look more into the scholarly work into this and several Hebrew scholars that have added into this. But what he's about to do here, now God's gonna say to the woman, he says, I will multiply your pain and childbearing. He talks about in pain, you shall bring forth children. And then he goes on to the man and uh, he's, he, he says, you know, that uh, the ground is gonna be cursed because of you. You know, now it's gonna yield thorns and thistles. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread and so on and so forth. If you understand the, the Hebraic context of this, this is what's called a descriptive sentence or judgment, not a prescriptive sentence or judgment. In other words, because you have surrendered, basically, because you have succumbed to sin, now you're coming out of my rule, and through sin now, you're coming under Satan's rule. And you know how Satan rules? He rules through hierarchy and oppression. And now that you are unfortunately leaving my rule and coming under his rule, every type of weakness will be exploited. The vulnerable will be the most uh, hurt in this process. And so let me, here's where we get into hierarchy. I'm gonna read here a quote from F.F. Bruce that's in this scholarly paper. He says this, he said, it's in the fall narrative, not the creation narratives, that the superiority of one sex over the other is first mentioned. And here it is not an inherent superiority, but one that is exercised by force. The creator's words to Eve, your desire shall be for your husband and he will rule over you, mean that in our sinful human condition, the man exploits the woman's natural proclivity towards him to dominate her and subjugate her. Subjugation of women, in fact, is a symptom of man's fallen nature. Watch. In the kingdom, there's authority, there's order, there's function, there's gifting, but there's not hierarchy. There's not the expense of one for the elevation of the other. You can clap there. So think about it. What's, when hierarchy comes in, now, now the enemy is gonna rule through oppression. Well, who's gonna be the biggest victims of that? The ones that in the natural, think of how men, men and women, just naturally their, their bodies, their physical bodies. Well now, who's gonna suffer the most in this system of hierarchy? The one with, that's the what? Weaker vessel, physically, not for the most part. Do you see what I'm saying? Why else would the woman suffer? She's vulnerable when she's pregnant. She has kids, she's the most vulnerable one. So now we see that, that women, obviously children, I want you to think about the oppressed because the gospel is for the oppressed to be free. And I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna get there in just a second. So watch this. So when we understand that the world rules through hierarchy, remember, God rules through authority with love. There's order, there's, there's gifting, there's function. 
but there's not hierarchy. There's not the expense of one for the elevation of the other. No, just the opposite. We are all completely equal in the eyes of God, so we should all be treated with total equality towards one another. I'm not gonna, I don't have time. If you're, you know, you might be thinking, what about in Timothy where, you know, it says, you know, the woman, you know, she shouldn't teach and, you know, she shouldn't take authority over uh, the man. I'm gonna get to that in a later message, but understand this, everything, watch this. The Bible says this, all scripture, right, is for correction, reproof, training in righteousness so that the man of God can what? Be equipped to do every good work. Do you know when Paul's talking about all scripture, do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about what we call the Old Testament. There was no New Testament. Paul had no idea that they would ever equal his letters with the Tanakh. <laughs> the Hebrew Bible, what we call the Old Testament, you know that word that man made up just to separate the first testament with the fuller or completed? Testament, the New Testament, they're all scriptures, but watch. Peter says, no scripture is open to private interpretation, but scripture must be defined with scripture. He's not talking about the New Testament. There was no New Testament yet. He's talking about what? The old, what we call the Old Testament. He's talking about the Hebrew Bible. So here's what that means. Anything in the New Testament, you have to be able to find context in definition in the Old Testament to support that or else you're fragmenting the Word of God. So when you go to the Old Testament, there's nothing about women not teaching. There's nothing about women not prophesying. All through, the, there's women judges. Thank God for Esther, the deliverer of the nation. You better hope women can teach. When you silence the voice of the woman, you silence the voice of the bride of Christ. So you don't see anything in the Old Testament scriptures. So here's how to think about well about scripture. Huh, what's going on there? Well, Paul's writing to this church and, and okay, he's saying the, these things. Okay, what was going on? Oh, wow, this was... This church was right next to the, real close to the Dionysus, the mother goddess temple that was bigger than the Pantheon temple in Athens. Oh, mother goddess worship, that's back to Babel. Okay, what, 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 what is that story about? That story is about Enki and Enlil or whoever was whoever. That story is about how the woman usurped authority over the man and took the, the, the keys to life and in mother goddess worship, women are celebrated for usurping authority. And in the temple of mother goddess worship, men cannot preach and men cannot teach. And in the temple of, of mother goddess worship, they would say things, it, it would be very emasculating to men, but at the same time, very much sexualizing the woman with all kind of bling and gold and all this kind. And there would be hierarchy classes of women. And then they would tell the story of Dionysus and they would say, if you're not loyal to Dionysus, and this is all the way back in Babel, just kept changing names, say, same thing. If you're not loyal to Dionysus, you're not loyal to the, to the queen of heaven, ladies, when you have children, they'll die. 
I'm sorry, when you have children, you'll die in childbirth. The child will live, but you'll die in childbirth. So now, hmm, Paul's saying, okay, that word, usurpatory, that's really emasculate, don't emasculate the men. Da, 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 and you will be saved in childbirth. What is, what's going on here? This is a polemic, this is a defense to a heresy and a cultural thing that's happening in the church that Paul is writing to correct, which goes back to this. The scriptures were not written to us, they were written for us. Do you see what I'm saying? And so if we, the, where we are safe is all scripture has to be able to be defined with the foundation of what Jesus and the apostles call the scriptures, which is the Old Testament. Is everybody hearing me? What about, what about where it says there's God and it goes, here's the order. Remember, order. Here's the order, God, Christ, man, woman. Exactly. Let's just take the top two there. Is Christ less than God? Is Jesus less than the Father? Is the Holy Spirit less than Jesus? But doesn't Jesus, didn't Jesus say that I only do what the Father shows me? So there's order there, but what? There's equality. Is the Holy Spirit any less equal than Jesus? Do you see? Now you get into Ephesians 5. Now you understand this dynamic. In the kingdom, there's not hierarchy. There's authority. There's one shepherd. There's one God. There is one Lord. There is one Savior. He's who we follow. We have authority. We have order. We have gifting. We have function. But there is no hierarchy. No one is less equal than another one just because of who they are or where they were or what they come out of. Okay. Okay. Who's next, Ashley? Okay, so watch. Here comes, here's the hierarchy starts. Okay, we see it again, Babel. Babel, man, it's perfected. Everyone comes together, we're gonna build a name for ourselves. Tower of Babel, a ziggurat. If you look at how these were built, wide, wide, wide at the bottom, but only one could be at the top. It represents the masses. In other words, there's everybody trying to climb the ladder to get their place on the hierarchy, but only one can be at the top or select few at the top, but those at the top are at the top from the expense of others. Now, before you think I'm being political at all, let me say this. I'm pro-government, we're pro-government. God has to work with hierarchy because if there's not hierarchy, there's anarchy, <laughs> okay? So it's a fallen structure that God has to work with. Some hierarchies are a lot better than others. Sometimes there's good rulers and there, there's, sometimes justice is done. But as long as we're in this corrupt world and in this corrupt age, true justice will never be done until the Prince of Peace comes back and establishes true justice in the earth. So Israel was delivered from the hierarchy of Egypt. They were slaves. God delivers them out. 
He wanted them to be a kingdom of priests. He didn't want any hierarchy over them. But now we get to this passage in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And Ashley, you read uh, verses 4 through 9. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Behold, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to all the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are also doing to you. Now then, obey their voice. Only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. Does everybody see that there? God didn't want Israel to have a king. In fact, just the opposite. They were supposed to be a light and demonstrate to the nations, guess what? Our God is not like your gods. We don't have hierarchies here. We don't rule oppressively, but we're, we're, we're all equals here. We're a kingdom of priests. That's what it'll be in the age to come. Again, we'll be restored to this kingdom of priests where we all rule and reign with Jesus. But notice this, at the end he says, God says, okay, they want a king. If that's what, what they're, they want and, and that's what they are giving me to work with, I'll do it. But they need to know they're rejecting me as their king. And from now on, look, solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. And if you read the rest of that passage, it perfectly describes hierarchy. Some are gonna go up. They're gonna take your daughters. They're gonna make them do these kind of jobs. Then they're gonna take your sons. They're gonna put them in this place in the hierarchy. They're gonna make them do these kind of jobs. And then they're gonna tax you more. And then they're gonna do this. He completely describes the hierarchical structure of the pagan nations that Israel was supposed to not be like. Why? Because as the people of God, we are not to model this present age. We model the age to come. We pattern our lives off the age to come, not the present age, because in the present age, the rule and the, the, what, the, the, the forces, the unseen realm beh that's behind all the systems of this world and all of the kingdoms of this world, that system is the ruler of this world, which is Satan and the spiritual forces of wickedness. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. So watch Isaiah 61. Willie. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a, fruit, a faint fruit spirit, that they may be called, come on baby, oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Okay, well, let's stop right there. Okay, so this 
is obviously the prophetic declaration in Isaiah of what? The gospel. This is what Jesus quotes in Luke 4, okay? Let me read it to you real quick. So Luke 4, 17 says, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given unto him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. <laughs> this is not some spiritually metaphorical individualistic thing that only represents spiritual like sin. We're all captives, yes. We're all poor in spirit because we're all sinners and we need God's grace. That's all true, right? Yes, we're all sinners. We all need a savior. The gospel is for everyone. But what Jesus is specifically targeting here, especially with the people of Israel because they had been oppressed, and then for all the oppressed peoples of the world, Jesus is announcing his messianic reign. He's announcing his kingship. And you know what he's saying? I'm not like the other kings and rulers of this world. I'm not here to enforce a hierarchy where those that are oppressed stay down and the elite stay up. I am here to bring the gospel of the kingdom where the oppressed are gonna get free, where those that have been in captivity are gonna come out. I'm gonna preach the gospel to the poor, the people that the world pushes to the side. I'm gonna preach the gospel to them and they are gonna rise up and be my ambassadors to the nations. Oh man. So let, William, I'll have you go on in just a second. So can we, uh, can we be honest here today? Yes, pastor. <laughs> There's my yes, yes. You know, yes, yes. Where are you, yes, yes? Wave yes, yes. Where Come on, how many of you want your declaration to be yes, yes, and amen? Now, sometimes she can get a little too loud because we love her. She's a, yeah, but because it is yes, yes. The promises of God are yes and amen. Okay, so here's what I wanna ask. Who in this room, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody or anything like that, but who in this room, you're an, an orphan? Okay, you're, would you just please raise a hand? There's one, there's another one. It's another one. I'm, a, I'm gonna, we got a bunch of orphans here. You come up, would you come up please? Cause you were the first hand up and you got on a blue jean jacket so I'm feeling something. <laughs> okay. i watch. So I want all of us this is God's house, right? And this is his table, right? So I want you to see all of us as we're all seated at the Lord's table, right? But the, 
gospel, follow me, the gospel, part of the gospel is modeling the reversal of those that have been oppressed, those that have been the most hurt. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put them in the place of honor at God's table. Who's, let me, let me ask this. Who's, um, let's say, let's say uh, a widow. So who's, who's a widow in here? Okay, come on up. Give her, give her a hand, everybody. So you, you represent all the orphans. Mm-hmm. You're, you're representing the widows. Okay. Who would, um, who had a terrible bout with addiction? Yeah, you come on. <laughs> I want both y'all come up. You know, I wanted him up. This is why, because watch this, and this is gonna go back to what I was saying. If I started, okay, widows, orphans, addiction, abuse, this table would be full women, be 20 to one. Do you see the enmity? Those who are most vulnerable because of the oppression of the ruler of this world. He rules through hierarchy and he hates the woman because she represents the prize. She represents the bride. She represents when Jesus was on the cross and he said, the Bible says, for the joy that was before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. The joy was that one day the Lord would have a bride. Do you see? That's why at the end, what Satan is has his bride. Yeah, the harlot. And what Jesus messages to every woman, whether you're a harlot, remember Jesus told the Pharisees, he says the prostitutes are getting into the kingdom of God ahead of you. (laughs) Jesus came to rescue. Who knows how a person gets to that place? So I need a man up here so, so you... You, you're the addict. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. What about abuse? Don't, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Been abused? Come right here. Fatherless, suicidal. You're gonna re- you represent him. Who's fatherless? I saw right here. Let you come up, come up there. Did you? Who's? What about what about what about bullied? Who, who, who is that person that's, that's different and, and they would 
they would, people would exploit your differences as weaknesses. We know you're all cool now, but you know, at that one time in your life where you didn't have it all together. Come on. Give my hand to everybody. Come on, you starting another head of the table right here. Yeah, come on, come on. Who, who's, 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 be honest, who's really like poor? <laughs> I know we don't use that word a lot because it's not popular. <laughs> Can you get out of that aisle? They've oppressed you into the middle of the aisle. Come on, come on, come on up. Who's, who's, let's get this over here. Give her a hand, everybody. Who's, who's Jewish? Who's Jewish and following Messiah? Come on, give her a hand. Give her a hand. Here. Wait, Jew first. We gotta put you over here. I mean, so you know the whole, we're one, right? Jew Gentile, once, once a, see, what is it? The Lord gives us dignity. If human beings don't have, if they don't get the dignity that the Lord gave them, we're always going to operate in the wisdom of this age where it's a power struggle. But when we operate with equality, I have the dignity to understand order. Yeah? Do you see when we understand equality, then I have dignity to know, okay, this is Yahweh's choice. The gospel is to the Jew first. And he has reasons for that. And I respect Yahweh's choice. Yes, because he's God, I'm not. He has his ways. We follow his ways. Do you see? Okay, so... What about, we got any, what, what else, Chris? Slavery, yeah, I'm sure we got some, yeah. So think about people groups and the nations, obviously this nation, our history of slavery. Who knows that their, that their ancestors down your lineage were slave here, slaves here in the States? Oh, come on. Give her a hand, everyone. I saw the... I saw that beautiful, glorious, white, shiny hair back there. I knew this was a woman of wisdom right here. All right. I got one more seat here. I want to know 
Who in here, maybe Christianity has been a turnoff to you. But you're maybe, it's been a turnoff to you. Yeah? But do you see God's love today? There's a place for you. Not only is there a place for you. Come on up here. Give her a hand. Come on. Salvation's coming to this house today. powerful what's, hap what's, what's happening. Okay, Willie, go ahead and read. We're going to just read some scriptures and then we're going to pray because I want you to see what's happening here. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall rise up the f former devastations. Okay, Willie, hold on. Look, see the first part is the Lord setting the captives free. Now, the oppressed that he sets free, and I could take you back to Luke 4, it says, to set at liberty those who have been oppressed or bound. That word set literally means to take out of oppression and the oppressive systems of the world, to put them in their proper place, a place of honor. And then now it's the apostolic word. And now I'm gonna send them out as ambassadors of the kingdom to carry the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Freely they've received, now they're gonna freely give and they're gonna tell others who are in oppression. There's a new king on the throne and his kingdom's not of this world, but it's coming and he sets the captives free. Come on. Okay, Willie, you read, and we'll just go right down to Rashad, the rest of the scriptures. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend their, your flocks. Foreigners will, shall be your plowmen and vine dressers, but you shall be called the priest of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. Go ahead, go ahead, Lisa. Luke chapter four, verse five through eight. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. This, watch, here's what Satan did. 
Satan, in a moment of time, he was allowed to show Jesus a prophetic picture of all the kingdoms of the world. I believe all the ones that'll ever exist, even to this day. Here's what he said. I know what you're here for. I'll give you authority. They've been delivered unto me. Satan is the ruler of this world. The systems of this world are not based on God or the kingdom. They are based on his oppressive rule of hierarchy. So we pattern the age to come, not this age. Here's what he told Jesus. I'll give them all to you. You just have to do it through my system of hierarchy. You declare, you give your loyalty to me. You can rule them, but you have to do it through hierarchy. Aren't you glad that we have a king and a savior who right then declared your reign of terror is over. Your kingdoms are coming to an end. I don't need your permission. I don't need any of your devil's permission. I don't need the rulers of this world position. I'm coming to bring the gospel to the poor. Okay, go to uh, Luke 6. Luke 6, 20 through 21. And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Psalm 9, 9. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Psalm 12, verse 5. Because the poor are plundered, because the needy groan, I will now arise, says the Lord, and I will place him in the safety for which he longs. Go, Lisa, go, you, Tark, and, um, and Rashad. I so, want to get to look, uh, 53, yeah. Psalm 9, 17 through 18. The wicked shall return to Sheol, all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What? Watch this, watch this. Hold on real quick. Very important for you to understand. And this is why I don't stay up here all the time. I know there's practical reasons, but why we like to come down here is because of this. We're not leaders, we're fellow followers. Do you see? That's right. There's one shepherd, it's the Lord. Yeah. And we're all followers of him. And as we follow God, we, we bring, we're guides to help others follow God. As Paul says, hey, follow me. Everybody come along together as we follow Christ. Are you following me? Watch that word, I shall not want. It means I shall not be made lower. The Lord has authority, but his authority comes through love. There's no hierarchy. We submit to his authority and I'm not going to be made lower or less than, or there's, I'm not, I'm not in some place on the totem pole. You following me? So watch this. Here's, here's where we should all be going. Here's where the Lord leads us. Go ahead. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look, you see, you see both male and female in there, rod and staff, and preparing a table. Here's as we follow the Lord, here's what he's saying. Look, I'll prepare a table for you in the presence of all the enemies of the kingdom of God. It might be chaos and brokenness out there. It is gonna be blessing and shalom in here. You're not gonna be treated in here like you're treated out there. You're not gonna be oppressed in here like you're oppressed out there. We all come to the table. That's why, look, our our, uh, prayer, our upper room, is opening next weekend. You gotta be here. Yes. Uh, And Pastor Tim Timberlake is here this Wednesday for Wednesday Night Revival. You don't wanna miss that. But watch, what did Jesus do? Remember when he came into the the temple? What did he, he he said, this house is my house. This house is gonna be a house of prayer for what? For all the nations, for everybody. You know what he did just before that? He turned over the table. The Bible says the money changers. But if you look into that, what it was the table of religious hierarchy. It was the table that was fleecing God's people. It was the table of religious hierarchy. Jesus overturned that table and said, that's not my table. My table is a table. I want you to think of the body and the blood of Jesus at the cross. He reconciled us not only to God, but to one another. Jesus went to the lowest, lowest low so he could identify with every person in this room. He endured the shame. The Bible says he became a worm. It was like he wasn't even a man. He went to the lowest, lowest low as God. And then he was raised in newness of life so he could identify with each and every person that's been under oppression and tyrannical hierarchy and has been exploited. I'm telling you, the gospel of the kingdom is a gospel of letting the captives free. So in this house, in this house, we're not going to be like the world. We're gonna pattern the age to come, the kingdom. And here's how that works. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is, it doesn't need to be improved. How many of y'all know Jesus has already done all the improvement? He's a, it's as it is. It's like this. The more we demonstrate and pattern the age to come here, the kingdom, it's like a magnet for the kingdom of heaven to, to come. Do you, do you see the kingdom of heaven? It suffers violence. The violent take it. We start to demonstrate. It looks, like, it looks like foolishness. It's not the wisdom of this age, but it's bringing the wisdom of God and the kingdom of God to the earth. So our, our, our missions, everything that we're doing from feeding kids 
in Zimbabwe to while we're building um, more rooms to why our to the Jew first ministry. Why are we going to Auschwitz? You know when we're going to Auschwitz? We're gonna go on, on the, the, the Hebrew day that honors Esther. Esther, the woman who thanked God she could speak. The woman who delivered the people of God from a ruthless hierarchical dictator who named Haman who was gonna wipe the Jewish people from the face of the earth. Esther stood up representing the most oppressed. The Lord gave her favor and put his word in her mouth and it brought salvation to the people of Israel and the very gallows, the very death ground, the very death camp that was meant for the Jews. Haman himself was hung on those gallows. He died and salvation came to Israel. Thank God, and now all the nations through that seed, through Messiah Jesus, now we're in on that blessing. We're going to Auschwitz and the very ground. Listen what that represents. Hitler, that's where all corrupted human hierarchy eventually ends. It ends in death. And you can read Revelation if you don't believe me. The very grounds that he meant for death were gonna go, the Jew and the German, the Gentile and the Jew, and a table of nations African-American, all the, all the people and all the oppressed people groups. And I understand we've all through sin been oppressed, but we're gonna take the Lord's table, the body and the juice that represents the blood of Jesus, our Messiah. You're my Esther for today. What is your name? Susan. Susan. I wouldn't have been surprised if you would have told me Hadassah, but it's the Hebrew name for Esther. It's interesting, Esther took on a Gentile name. We're gonna go there and we're gonna have communion. And the very ground that was meant for death, the death of God's people, is gonna be the ground where salvation and life springs out of for the salvation of the Jewish people turning to Messiah and for the reconciliation of the nations. Do you see what I'm saying? It's, it's everywhere in the world. What is the issue? It's the power struggle. It's, 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 there's a group oppressed. It doesn't, what's gonna happen? You either, one group meets another group, whoever has the most technology. Who's ever, see this is, world. It, it, it always starts like this. but it ends up like this. And you become a stepping stone for someone else to get higher in the hierarchy. The Lord is gonna bring down the hierarchy in his church and the people of God. We've all done it. It's, it's, in, the, it's in religion. Oh, well, you can go to this room. You sit on this seat. 
you get into this green room, you don't get into this green room. That is the exact opposite of the kingdom. There is no hierarchy. There is authority ministered through love, but we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Can I have a good amen? I want to pray. So, so I'm going to have, are you going to pray? Did you read Rashad? Okay. Rashad has to read. Did you read T? See the hierarchy. Y'all were. <laughs> you want me to read? Yeah. What scripture? We only got two, two more. Okay. Read that one and then let Rashad read the last Psalm in there. Psalm and then 35. You're, Rashad, you're going to pray over everybody. Psalm 35, 10. All my bones shall say, O Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him, the poor and needy from him who robs him? Psalm 109, 30 through 31. With my mouth, I will give great thanks to the Lord. I will praise him in the midst of the throng. For he stands at the right hand of the needy one to save him from those who condemn his soul to death. Rashad, stand up and come up right here. Let's give thanks to the Lord right now, huh? So, Rashad, I'm, I'm going to say the priestly blessing in, in just a second, but I want you to pray. All of these people here and all of us, I want you to, they all represent people that have been pushed down and the gospel, if you want to know who's the target audience for the gospel, Jesus already said that. It's the poor. It's the needy. We're all poor in spirit. I get it. But it's the essence of the gospel is to liberate those who have been most oppressed and put them in the place of honor. Because what that does is it demonstrates equality. And it patterns the age to come where we're all a kingdom of priests ruling and reigning with our God. So Rashad, I want you to pray for all the people here and all over the world in oppression that in this new day of the gospel of the kingdom that we are truly gonna see the captives be liberated and people are gonna come to know our Lord as the King who sets the captives free. Amen. Lord, we just come to you right now as your people, recognizing that we are here in this place as one, one body. And as we enter here in this place, we're recognizing that there is no hierarchy in your kingdom. We're recognizing that there is no hierarchy in this house because you said this will be your house, the house of the Lord. So we just thank you so much for gathering us together, Father, because we are now recognizing that together we can allow all the things that you said in your word come to pass. Everybody at this table, God, as I look at them, I see I see people who have been through abuse. I see people who have been through oppression. I see people who have been through financial struggle. 
And I see people who aren't identified by that. I see people who are identified by your word. I see them as people called and chosen according to your purpose. I see people who are placed in this position to prosper. I see people who are pulled here in this moment, not just as representations, but as children of you, children of God. And so I thank you for this opportunity for us to realize who we are. I thank you, Lord, because in this moment from here on out, we declare according to your word that we will be at the table as you called us to be. We love you so much, Lord. Amen. Amen. Awesome. I had a word. I had a word as well. Can, can, yeah. we, can we all stand together? I, w- I want to say too, so for heart for the house, tune in, heart for the house, your tithes, your offerings. I'm going to show you how all these things, well, it's Europe, it's here, it's the prayer room, it's the Jew first, it's Zimbabwe. Here's how they're all tied together. They're all tied together. Where's the next table? It's the table. We're bringing God's children back to His table of love and equality, where they are redeemed, where they are saved, where wholeness comes into their life, and they're sent out as ambassadors to represent the kingdom. So as you give to Heart for the House or your tithe, I want you to understand this is what you're giving to. This is the gospel of the kingdom. It's the gospel. That's the mission. We've just, we, we, we haven't seen it uh, as, as clearly maybe as the scriptures present it because we're so, uh, we're all oppressed through this world system, but it's a new time where the gospel of the kingdom is going forward. And only, well, let's get all these people together and have all these talks and let's get Harvard Business Review's latest on racial reconciliations. No, let's have a meal. Do you see? Here's what people would say, that's foolishness. We've got, all the, we've got all this other wisdom. That's foolishness. Exactly. God's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise because he, God doesn't have a system that's based on experts here and lesser thans here. We're all in the priesthood and ministers together. We all hear from God. I just wanted to as we are dismissed here, I just wanted to remind us that we have switched kingdoms. Colossians says, you have been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his son of his love. Come on, you've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness yes, and transferred a kingdom of darkness that represents oppression, that, rep- that represents poverty, addiction, You've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Come on, say, I've been delivered. Say, I've been transferred. Come on, this is, as we close, I I just want you to have this prophetic picture, okay? You're stepping out of the kingdom of darkness. You felt oppression in your life. 
You're stepping out of the kingdom of darkness and you're stepping into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians 1.13. Come on, say this. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. Now take a step and say, I'm stepping in. Stepping in. Come on, say it again. I'm stepping in. Stepping in. Can you feel the authority? I'm stepping in to the new kingdom of the son of his love. Come on, let's say the priestly blessing as we're dismissed. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.